Ever sit down in front of Spotify or your music streaming service of choice and think, I want to listen to some great music, but I just don't know where to begin. It can be daunting, especially for those listeners who are always on the lookout for elusive new thrills. Allow us to help you out. We are temporary fandoms. Sometimes fans of new stuff, sometimes fans of the old, sometimes fans of forgotten albums by well-known artists, at others digging bands that a couple of weeks ago most of us had never heard of. Today is one such week. We'll be listening to an artist about whom little seems to be known in the West, but who we're assured are massive in their native Japan. Let us take your hand and guide you through the complete discography of a band. You can listen at tempfans.com, on Beat Rehab, or anywhere that you normally find podcasts. Or in our show notes, you'll find a link direct to a Spotify playlist where the show is cut together with the tunes we're talking about. Like, subscribe, buy a chic button badge, help us keep this juggernaut rolling. But for now, just simply enjoy the brief but electrifying career of Japan's number girl. Konnichiwa, Hajimamashto, you and... Uh, no, 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 I've done it wrong, done it wrong. Everybody <laughs> will know. Start, starting again, starting again, in three, two. Konnichiwa, Hajimamashto, Watashiwa, you and Des, Dojo Yoroshiku, as I've just said in flawless Japanese, uh, I'm Ewan. I'm Nick. And welcome to Temporary Fandoms. Um, this one's a bit weird, actually, because usually... The bands we do on the podcast, we've covered on the Facebook group that we bang on and on and on about, but this time we haven't. So if you're listening to this as it comes out, it's a perfect time to come and join the Facebook group. Links are in all the descriptions. And actually, you can have your say if you've got something to say. Um, as you know, sometimes we do bigger bands. We've done Bowie. Sometimes we do more obscure ones. We've done Whole Surfers. Um, I'm hoping this is more on the more of the more obscure side that we've done. Um, also, because thank you for your reviews. Number one, my name is spelled E-W-A-N, um, but that's an easy mistake to make. And secondly, commercial leanings, motherfucker. I don't have commercial leanings. <laughs> thank you for the review. It was lovely. That, um, guy, that guy, the guy who said that, you and he's clearly your number one fan. You, well, you, oh, that, that's obviously weird, right? I mean, well, yeah, obviously. I mean, <laughs> Exactly. Um, I'm the charming well, yeah, and witty uh, one. <laughs> Wait a minute. Anyway, thank you for your reviews. They're really, really, really nice. Um, if obviously the first time we get a negative one, I will probably cry and the, the show will get cancelled. But at the moment, it's all going rather well. Leave the reviews, subscribe, Apple um, Podcast or Podchaser. Podchaser is very good at the moment. Um, all this month, for every review, they donate twenty-five cents to Meals on Wheels. So you can say something, click a like, and I think some charity stuff happens. Anyway, we're going to get cracking. Today's band is a band called Number Girl. Um, usually I ask somebody else who the band is, but this is one I brought to the table. And we have the three guests who are going to be, well, discussing them with me, who up until about two weeks ago had never heard of them before, which is a nice place to be on temporary fandoms. Obviously, we've got Nick um, rejoining us, um, who you have heard on several other podcasts before. Um, Chris Whitby. Hello. How are you doing, Chris? I'm doing all right. Yeah, I'm good. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> and also joining us for the first time is a guitarist of Delta Sleep, who I think we could describe as 
mathematician rock. I mean, I don't know. I'm too old. Um, Glenn Hodgson. Hey, Glenn, how are you? Hey, not too bad, thanks. It's uh, protractor rock is the correct term. <laughs> See, I'm way too old for this stuff. And um, Delta Sleep, I uh, mentioned it in the doobly-doo, have, what, Soft Sounds was the latest release, um, a collection of live recordings from around the world. Is that correct? Yes, that's right. Well, one of those was in Japan, so... Quite looking for, I was looking forward to getting into this band, actually. Perfect. You see, everything just comes together. It's Everything's connected. It's like the wire. Anyway, <laughs> um, you're going to hear the normal stuff. There's going to be me talking you through only four albums, and we'll come back and have a roundtable. And, well, I guess you're going to hear me after this. Fukuoka, Japan. 1995. The same year I took my one and only Japanese language class, Number Girl were formed. The name was a combination of two previous bands, Number 5 and Cowgirl. From what I can gather, they played one show and disbanded, but the name lived on. Guitarist and singer uh, Shutoku Mukai pulled in drummer Ahito Inazawa from the local alt-rock scene, and bassist Kentaro Nakao, who in turn brought along Hisaku Tabuchi, who was working as a light technician at a local venue. Oh, my pronunciation is going to be shocking, by the way, but deal with it. They threw out a couple of demos and were snapped up by indie label Automatic Kiss, and eventually they released their debut, 1997 Schoolgirl Bye Bye, with a non-album single to follow in Drunken Hearted. Now before we continue, let's broach the subject. I don't understand the Japanese obsession with schoolgirl iconography. I've, I've watched various bits of anime, battle royale, etc, etc. And listening to the first album, I don't know whether it is, as some claim, a nostalgia for the innocence of youth. Before people become, as they say, salary men. Or whether there is just something genuinely creepy about it. I don't have a clue, but would like to think it's the former rather than do that western sneer at something I'm not sure I understand at first listen. But we will leave the band's response until maybe the next album. Anyway, Schoolgirl Bye Bye. Shonky, dodgy production, hugely derivative of their US post-hardcore influences. The opener, Omoidi in my head, um, has catchy guitars. Iggy Pop fan club is, is basically gigantic by the Pixies. September Girlfriend sounds like it was recorded in someone's garage. And these songs do feel like they might fall apart at, at times. I mean, they sound like your mate's band. Not the shit one. Not the amazing one. The pretty decent one. It's a slice of US alt-rock, but with a slight Japanese flavour. It's a curio. I mean, it's shonky as fuck. And it is their worst album. But there are enough moments that make you think something good is coming. As a quick note for those listening to the Spotify playlist, this album isn't there. So there's a couple of tracks that appear later in compilations just to make up the numbers, but full links are in the uh, episode description. The music scene in Japan in 1999 was growing, although slightly different flavors depending where you were. Tokyo at the time seemed stale, though Kyoto seemed to be the home of DJs and electronica, and Japanese hip hop was on the rise in Sapporo. But the sound from Fukuoka and Number Girl was what brought the sonic guitar sound into the capital. Number Girl toured, toured a bit more, and then after playing a bunch of gigs in Tokyo's live hotbed, the Shimokitazawa district, 
They soon attracted the attention of A&R men and signed to Toshiba EMI in 1999 and released their first major label single with Tommy Shouju. This was followed by 1999 Schoolgirl Distortional Addict. This album took their raw sound from their debut, honed it, and it's an album that perfectly encapsulates their early sound. It keeps the hiss and chonkiness a little bit to create a live feel, and tracks like Pixie Do crackle and wear their influences on their sleeves, creating what Shutoku Mukai called hysterical pop. Their live shows were, by all reports, legendary for their volume, ear-splitting distortion that My Bloody Valentine would be proud of. Hardcore bass lines, melodic indie rock guitars, driven by lead guitarist Hisako Tabuchi, improvising and thrashing over Shutoku's steady yet distorted rhythm. At this point, we're going to go back and properly address the schoolgirl thing. This album cover, drawn by Mukai himself, has gun-toting schoolgirls, reminiscent of that year's smash book, Battle Royale. And looking at some of the song titles, such as <sighs> Young Girl 17 Sexually Knowing, it's easy to come to a conclusion and dismiss this as yet another musician with Sailor Moon fantasies. Interviewed in 99 uh, by the Japanese Times, he said, Yeah, everyone asks me that. Schoolgirls are a kind of obsession, but it's not a sexual thing. They become a symbol of a generation and the mood of the times. And I wanted to approach the modern world from a very cynical point of view. But I do have a fantasy about samurai. They were very stoic and had strong identities and values. Maybe that's what I lack. Just like some kids idolize Batman or Ultraman, I have this sort of connection to samurai. Like other Japanese art of the time, the aforementioned Battle Royale, um, and multi-award winning Japanese singer Shino Ringo, this was the pre-millennium album. Full of nostalgia, but also wrapped up with tension about what was to come. Later that year, they played Japan Night, not patronizing, at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. And watching the footage, Shudoku looks like a 25-year-old maths teacher, while Tabuchi looking like a typical US college girl, hair bobbing and guitar shredding, all held together by some insane work on drums and bass. Would they break America? Probably not. But they did bring something or someone back with them. 